Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. In our second week of our series, Way, Truth, Life, Pastor Christine Klein examines God's reaching out to us even before we acknowledge Him. The good news is that God is working in far greater ways than we know. So she shows me these really cool mini lineup shoes. And she's just 
the broken world. That God already knows situations, that God is already moving people. Uh, we're going to eventually call that for being a grace, big theological manual term. But that God just has these moments and just shows up. So I want to tell you about a friend. We'll call her A. Now, A was a single mom when I met her. Had four girls. Uh, just got out of not too long ago, a really, really bad relationship. Was in a not so healthy mother relationship. But she was trying to be right by her girls. And her girls, you know, were part of my ministry at one point. And I got to see them grow up, and that was kind of cool. And I got to talk with A through some of life's journey and kind of encourage her to, you know, hey, come to church, hey, come do this, hey, you know, I love you, that kind of thing. Well, as life kind of happens, she ended up not happy, she never thought she would. Okay, she ended up becoming a heroin addict. And what she didn't realize in that moment was that me and a whole church was crying for her, each step away. You know, I kind of knew she was going on a crazy ramp road that who knows when it was going to end or where it could end up. And while she at the time admitted that was her journey, we, we kind of knew. So she called me one time and we were having coffee. That was kind of our thing. We would go Duncan and have coffee. And she told me, hey, this is, I don't know if you're going to like accept me. I don't know if this is going to end our friendship. But guess what? You can hear it. And I said, okay. And she goes, what? I'm like, what? You're not going to shock me by that. I already knew that. And she told me other things and whatnot. She asked me what I should do, what she should do. And I told her she needed to go to detox. She needed to get clean. And she promised me that she'd go the next morning. And she did it. She called me later the next day and said, no, I just couldn't, whatever. That's okay. See, I knew what she didn't know, that God was already working, where God knew what was happening, that there was so much prayer going on, that inevitably, you know, something had to get one way or another. A few days later, she asked me to offer to take her to go get some help with self table. And I said, absolutely. Not a problem. And as a pastor and as a friend, I just walked some of that journey with her. And that was one of the most heartbreaking and yet rewarding things that could happen because God was there every step of the way. She was supposed to be the one we have, they ended up finding bed. She ended up going to different one because that didn't help after you know so many days or whatever the case was. But it wasn't an instant thing recovering her, but God kept moving her. I went to visit her, um, she was finally allowed to have visitors and stuff. And and she told me, she's like, you know, I'm glad that I'm here, I'm glad I'm still alive, and I want to stay clean, but my life is ruined. My kids are never going to talk to me again. I've lost my house. I can't go back to my job, obviously. No one's ever going to hire me. And I'm like, um, that, that's all the reality of the situation, but I don't, don't count God out just yet. And so she stayed there, and she got cleaned in to this day. She had almost two years of sobriety. And while it wasn't an instant, like I said, with God placing people in her life to strengthen her, God placing circumstances in her life that just seemed to work out. 
She has a car now. She has a job now that she loves. Getting to help people in recovery. God used her story. God was working through it. Redeeming Chris going before. See, we couldn't see that then. She has a relationship with all four of her kids now. To which swore they would never talk to her again. God was working in and through that. I want to tell you about another friend of mine. We'll just call her C. C was, you know, a godly woman for the most part. She was trying to figure out her call of her life and, and figuring out life. And, you know, somehow this life just happens. She had a close person, personal friend pass away. She had some family members pass away. And she was pretty hopeless and going to take her own life. And that's tempted to take her own life. Thankfully, she didn't end up dying that night. She thought things were getting better. She tried counseling for a little bit. Didn't necessarily help. Wasn't the right fit. Whatever. She tried to take her life again. Only this time she reached out to pastor friend of hers and said, Hey, uh, just, you know, thanks for trying to be there for me. I still believe in this Jesus, but I'm out. He's out. Can't do this anymore. Well, that pastor friend obviously being mandatory reporter number one and caring about her number two, left instantly said, Hey, I'm going to meet you. Like, you don't have an option. Like, I'm coming to your house right now. And because God was working in and through that situation, C is now fully functioning, has a job, has a family, has a life. God was working all along the way, even when she couldn't see it. I'm going to tell you my own personal story. And some of you may not know this, some of you do know it, I don't know. But uh, a little over a year ago, not this past summer, but the summer before, I was at my janitor job and I started feeling a little weird. And I wasn't sure why I was feeling weird and thought I was having a stroke. And decided, because I'm crazy like that, to drive myself to the ER instead of have someone help me. Because, well, I can see, so why, why would you have someone else help you? Only to have brain surgery three days later because I had a brain tumor. Now, I didn't know God was going to work in and through that. I had no idea that I'd be standing up here today talking to you guys. But God was working each step of the way. God put nurses and doctors and all the right people in path. And I believe today was still part of that tumor. But I'm living. And I rejoice because God is working through it all. So, what do these stories have in common with A and C and E? Well, God's grace is working through and before, even when no one could recognize it. In a sense, it was just sneaking up and setting up this transformation before anyone could even put a finger on it. You know, not just the person who was going through the situation, whose life was changed. But also the faithful ones that were allowing God to use them. They're called nurses, and they're called recovery workers, they're called pastors. Walking through the trenches of life. You know, we read, we read this in scripture very often. We read it in poems and song lyrics and, and in all these sorts of things. And I think of the song Waymaker. And there's a line in there that says, Even when I can't see that you're working, even when I can't see that you're working, Never stop. You never stop working. And I don't know about you, but I'm very thankful 
Surely not. 
lines together, you would have us here to glean, to learn, to know today. We pray that you would just bless our time together. In your name, we pray. Amen. And so that was a long chapter to read. But it's a really important chapter for many reasons, and actually one of my favorite stories in Acts. And so we set the scene and we open in this predominantly Roman city on the Mediterranean shore in Judea with this officer, Cornelius, who was part of the Roman army and probably one of the most loyal troops. And, and he had been exposed to Jewish culture and concepts, and we see that he's devout and God-fearing, giving alms, acts of charity, and, and fearing God. But Cornelius finds himself at this unique kind of crossroads. See, he didn't, he, he didn't want all that Roman multi-God kind of thing. And he had some kind of relationship with God. But it wasn't quite what the Jews would say, you know, it, it should look like. What the Jewish Christians would say it should look like. And so God appears to Cornelius, and what does Cornelius do? But he obeys. And one I think the most notable things in this you know, is that God comes and calls Cornelius by name, his identity, right there, right then. You know, and his faith is so contagious. In the meantime, he gathers his family, gathers his servants, all this, and says, hey, we're going to send this Peter guy. Now, Cornelius' life would have constantly been bumped up against the lives of God's people, being, you know, part of the Roman army and whatnot. But we see that God's grace, Provedian <laughs> grace, was leading up to this moment. But not just in Cornelius' life. In Peter's too. Because as we read, 30 miles away, Peter was called and commissioned to stand right next to Cornelius. Walk in the trenches, in a sense, with Cornelius. Now, think about this with me. Jewish people, Jewish Christians, in that time, you know, while they could appreciate God hearing Gentiles, they weren't going to invite them in their homes. They weren't going to definitely dine with them and call them equals. In fact, they kind of just looked down, didn't really care about too much. So when God comes to Peter in this vision, it must have rocked his world. To see a sheep come down, to see all these animals be told to eat, get up hill and eat. Things that you know you weren't allowed to, that were unclean. And yet, God was working, even when it didn't make sense. God's amazing, great, convenient grace still went before and calls Peter to Cornelius, or a person that society in some ways would deem an outcast or another. Now think about this with me. <laughs> it's not just Peter. God wants to go to the others, the outcasts, whoever society deems as different. It's a kingdom mandate for each of us to see we are supposed to be open like Peter was and discerning of whatever work God would have us do in the world. We're not supposed to see people as projects. We're not supposed to see people as others, less than, different. But we're supposed to see situations, read them, and go where God wants us to. Think about the crazy concept that would have been for Peter that day. 
We thought he was doing everything right, right? At that point, if you read into Galatians and whatnot, you'll see that he gets into a little scuffle with this whole thing with Paul later on and repented with this sort of thing. But what does Peter do? Peter goes to his house. Peter says, Why am I here? Peter speaks the truth of Jesus. And the whole house accepts it, right? And so they celebrate. As Christians today, we get to celebrate God moving in the lives of those around us. We get to celebrate that almost two years of sobriety is a from our story earlier. We get to celebrate the little joy for the joy of little D in her new house and how excited she is for this new God adventure. We get to celebrate see not taking her life. We get to celebrate when people survive brain tumor surgeries and crazy random circumstances. We get the privilege of celebrating how God in the future will move, how God is already moving currently, and how God has moved in the past. We get to celebrate spiritual victories that we've seen and others have seen. We get to celebrate spiritual depth and deepening that most of us probably in this room have experienced and continue to experience. We get to celebrate that if we were sitting there today, the Cornelius's, and the Peters. We can celebrate that God went ahead in his great pervading grace and drew us if we call ourselves Christians to him. See, Peter, Peter had the privilege of being used. We have the privilege of being used. Peter could have said no. First he did, right? When God was trying to show the vision. But ultimately, at the end of the day, he said yes. Peter got to know that there was no other, no favoritism, that all were invited to the foot of the cross. But God wants to move, even in ways we do not understand. So we're going to celebrate today. We're going to go from this place, and we're going to celebrate that discipleship <laughs> happens even before conversion. That those moments where God allows you to have that conversation in the hallway with someone, or sit with someone who needs to go to detox in a dungeon in the parking lot. That's discipleship, wasn't it? God's grace going before. So we're going to celebrate that day. And we're going to pray this week that God will give us opportunities to do such things. I'm going to pray here in a second, and then... Uh, We'll have our final announcements and all that jazz. But I hope that you gained anything from this message today of this way to do the life series and you're just getting into it. And I love listening to your live streams and stuff. Pastor Matt does a great job. That you would be open to whatever God has for you. Because you know what's amazing? Is you're going to reach people I'll never know. I'll never get to talk to you. God's going to use you in my ways, especially if you don't see other people's projects or others. Would it be amazing if everyone in the world would claim to know Christ, right? Would it be amazing if everyone would have the relationship that we do? We're going to celebrate today those victories, those stories. You all have stories, I'm sure. You're sitting here today, you have stories. So let's pray. God, I thank you for each one that is here today. I 
thank you for your communion grace going before us, even when we don't understand it. I thank you for the opportunity to come and, and lightly talk on this amazing chapter in Scripture, and I pray that these people would go home and dig into it more in small groups and in personal Bible study times. There's just so much in this story that we can't get to it in a half hour. God, I pray that you would just be with us today as we go from this place, that you would just keep us safe. Um, again, that you would keep Pastor Matt and Brooke and Chloe safe as they travel back here and pray for their family during this time of mourning, that you would just comfort them. It's in your name I can and do pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you were inspired by this week's message. We'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. You can also join us on Facebook Live. For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, visit us at championnaz.org.